0: John, do you want to tell us a bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today?
1: Okay, well, I'm John Rankin. I'm a senior director of operations for Charter Foods, and I got here by uh, having a afternoon job at Taco Bell to pay for my skateboarding habit and technology uh, love. And somewhere in between washing dishes and making burritos, I ended up uh, Staying with it and holding every job you could imagine in the restaurant until I uh, was uh, a district manager by 26, and then a market coach by 30-something, and now I'm a senior director of operations. So um, I'm 47. So I've been doing this uh, since I was 17, and that's uh, it's been a excellent journey, and I really haven't. Uh, done a lot more um, outside of the food industry except for uh, taco Bell and Long John Silvers now and uh, I've dabbled in a little bit of KFC and Pizza Hut and uh, we have uh, some a and W two and ones and lucky enough to work for charter foods the largest taco Bell and Long John Silvers franchisee in the system so that's that's uh how it started, you know I just needed some money to pay uh for my next skateboard deck. And the next thing I know, uh <laughs> uh I'm managing people and uh learning about leadership.
0: I mean that's awesome. And I like I was like obviously doing a little homework, you know, just looking at the LinkedIn. Man, you've been there for almost 12 years now, which is well is pretty like awesome. Like I mean, I'd say you're what in the top one percent of like
1: longest serving people who work in the business. Uh yeah, yeah, and then the Place I was uh, with uh, prior to Chartered Foods tocala, I was with them for uh, quite a long time as well. So um, and I'm not done a lot of moving around, you know. Um, no,
0: and awesome. uh, it's it's interesting because of all the people when I when I, I've spoken to a lot of people that are kind of like you know similar kind of positions to you, and they talk a lot about you know it's easy to come in, but it takes a lot of love to like stay and it strikes me that you kind of fall into that category a lot
1: yeah yeah it, it, it is easy to to come in but to stay takes a little bit more grit and yeah you gotta like like what you do and the people you do it with um there's also the 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 endless switching is taxing too you know, you, yeah. you know seeing people uh come and go from that i've just not been one that um wanted to do that but um yeah the uh you you gotta love what you do um and that's part of it yeah
0: totally man and i mean i guess on top of that then like you know because you're like such an expert now in space you know and i mean you've been doing that so long you're so ingrained in it like i guess like what would be like if you think about it like from your perspective like what are like when being like such like kind of like you know, like a very senior director where you're running operations for multiple locations effectively and you're managing so many people. Like what sort of like roadblocks do you see like yourself kind of run into? Are there like three main roadblocks or challenges that you kind of face in your role?
1: Um, Well, it really, you know, uh, it's probably uh, a pretty typical answer, but the biggest roadblock is always comes back to people, you know, it's like, how you deal with people, how you build relationships with people, and and then how you manage yourself. So, if you can't manage yourself, you can't manage people. And it really doesn't matter if it's one location or, you know, I, I happen to uh, oversee 70 locations on a lot of different <laughs> levels. Um, and so many. Uh, um, and uh, nothing changed other than the complexity of uh, managing yourself and then managing people like people. As long as you can treat people like people and realize that people just want to be respected, everybody's unique and different and kind of play off of that. Um, that's just the biggest challenge is this, it, it, it always is. I think it is with any any business where there's a human involved, your biggest challenge is, is people. Um, so I mean. I mean that's-, that's- uh, oh, so what, everything the, everything else is you can work through, but if you can't get through the people part and get that right, then nothing else really matters.
0: Totally. And I guess, you know, when it comes to like sort of like when you say like the people, especially like people management, like how do you think about like sort of because there's so many locations, which I would imagine that there's probably like a, you know, talk about like funnels, like a top of funnel, like getting candidates in the door either for like entry level managerial positions. How do you think about is there like, how do you think about like that, like uh, spotting the right time to come into the organization in the first place? Are you responsible for a lot of that as well? Or like, is it just like the staff you have? And how do you groom them to be more of a success?
1: Uh, uh, yes, uh, the answer is yes to all of that. Um, no. uh, do I interview every single person? No, that would no. take a lot of time. But um <laughs> you know um the that whole game and if you were asking me this pre-covid it would be different but in the post-covid world um, yeah. it goes back again to um how you treat people what you're looking for and then not it's it's tougher but not settling you know i mean you you hire someone just to fill a spot um and you really it really gets away from what you're doing, dealing with people. You start turning it into a game of numbers, you're not hiring people, you're hiring a number. So you, you gotta stay away from that. But a lot of it's about when you're running a restaurant, it's having the right restaurant manager. If you have the right restaurant manager, yeah, you can take a staffing nightmare and turn it into a staffing success. Now COVID changed that a little bit. It's good to partner with uh, somebody, uh, a vendor that can help filter in more applicants from multiple job boards. But still, um, my experience with using those services is once you get them in there, if you're not, if something goes wrong with the interview, it doesn't really matter. So then you've got to be able to figure out how to network with different people and give them a chance to uh, show you what they can offer, but then not be afraid to uh, let someone know real quick, hey, I appreciate your time. This isn't going to work. Because um, you hired the wrong person. It's going to be wrong for them, wrong for you. And that's really how I see. I don't think that's changed. I don't think it's really you – know, what's interesting is it's not unique to – the restaurant industry uh, i was at the post office talking to somebody and uh, talking about staffing challenges well i'm sure yeah. somewhere in that staffing challenge uh, there's uh, a social security number attached to that that makes it difficult but uh, the, the need for third-party services is very real i don't want to minimize that you you need to find a partner it's going to help you i've moved through several different ones from yeah, yeah. Pan, pandemic to now, and I don't think that's going away, but it still comes back to that that restaurant manager.
0: Totally. That's quite interesting, you know, because that seems to be the absolute crux for a very, like, I like to use the phrase, true for some, relevant for all. Whether you're, like, a hotel, whether you're a restaurant, whether you're fine dining, whether you're a resort, the key person across the board is that sort of like GM um, that you can kind of get in. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me like they're like the motivator, they're the employee, like morale compass, you know, and like, it is kind of true what they see, people don't leave companies, they leave their managers, you know, um, and yep. you're in such a about ba- like, I would say that like, you know, restaurants in particular, franchises, that kind of those kinds of businesses are in a much more difficult battle for talent Then I would say like other sort of industries, because there are so many different um, niches, like vacuuming talent. Like you, not only are you competing against other restaurant groups, you're competing against other types of business and hospitality. But then you're also not just competing against hospitality, you're competing against retail, but you're also competing against Uber Eats and DoorDash. And then you're also competing with like, I know, I feel like I'm like really like dumping all these on you. But like also, no, like, no, you know, and there's so many. I mean, like, it's like, and you're, it's a fierce battle for talent. And so, one of the things I've heard from doing this podcast series is that, like, what's kind of happened post COVID is the good managers that were there, say, up to enduring during COVID. The ones that are left have not come back because they found kind of new careers elsewhere. And there has been like a I would say like a generation of people that haven't quite graduated into becoming good managers post covid. So there's consequently there's like a lack of good managers out there to like run lots and lots of
1: restaurants like where there's such a dire need for that. Do you see that as well? Uh, some of some yeah. uh, maybe I've been fortunate fortunate enough that. Um, Hiring at the entry level is probably harder than it is at the restaurant level and the area level. And then above that, um, there's still a decent amount of people that are looking, If, if COVID did anything, it took people like me who loved what they did and made them think, well, what about the time when my boss didn't do this and didn't do that? So if you give somebody a compelling reason, like, oh, I should work here because uh, I'm gonna get treated something about it, that's different. You have to have something compelling to get people there. Because you're right, we're competing with the Amazon factories, um, working at home. It took a whole segment out. But um, what's interesting though, is the, the same principles, rarely haven't changed on if uh you had a location that was tough to hire before COVID, um and it's still tough to hire and you had the same manager more than likely uh it's probably something to do with the culture of the environment when i mean I, i've never seen so many times in my career where I mean, you've been told oh you don't you don't want this restaurant it's horrible, you can't staff here, it's the wrong part of town. Well once you once you find the magic peg, the right person to yeah. fill that spot that fits with the community, that's gonna um do that, it suddenly just it goes away. Because then they take on that and they attract people. I and mean, I don't know how many times I've seen that where we've where we we've had to change that out. And, and it also is in Uh, forced you to be a little bit more of used to you would take a little bit longer and make sure everything was a hundred percent. If I wait for somebody now to be a hundred percent ready, they're never going to be ready. You have to be able to accept that you're they're 90 or 80 percent there, and what's going to get them the rest of the way is by doing and learning and mentoring. So, uh, I think there has been a shift with some younger managers that, um, Or just as every bit as good as, as what was there before, they just need someone to take a chance on them and you got to, got to mentor them. And those folks attract other people like them. So um, it's really, I think it's a universal thing. I mean, you, you get a lot of, of what you are, you know, you mirror that out. I mean, I think it starts with being involved. Like uh, if I'm not involved at, um and people don't know who I am then it doesn't trickle down you know so um, but I think okay. it's you see it you see it everywhere you really do like uh if I think i back before cds cd stores were obsolete right if you're going to a, C, a cd store um the staff a lot of times looked like they were going to load up the uh uh equipment from Motley (laughs) Crue so (laughs) you know you you expected that and and it fit that environment and you're like if I want to learn something about uh some weird band the drummer of Motley Crue's in I bet this guy can help me uh so you know there's some of that I think in there as well yeah it's
0: interesting I mean I I'm thinking about it now like in the sense that like you know the kind of key things that you look for when you want to hire for or promote that kind of like talent to like uh, more responsibility and then you talk a lot about like they don't have to be i'm not looking for them to be 100 ready because they're not going to be and you want to put their feet to the fire what are the kind of key things you look for in sort of those workers that you think have the potential to manage a restaurant for you
1: um well it's never about um the technical skills like someone doesn't have to be able to to be a whiz with math or uh be a whiz with um something that you can teach them i'm looking for people that have traits that i can't teach are you honest do you care about what you do do you care about yourself do you do you have some kind of drive that makes you get out of bed besides you just want a dollar you know people that have drive and motivation um and it comes in all different forms um and you got to be willing to uh kind of scrape the surface away and see that because you can't teach that stuff you've never been able to so you look for that and then i mean whether it's making tacos frying fish or or booking someone into a hotel, I can, you can teach anybody how to do that. I, mean, I, I can teach my grandmother that's 97 how to ring up a taco, but you can't teach somebody to be friendly. You're either friendly or you're not friendly. You're either um, going after st- stuff and a go getter or you're not. So I I'll, I'll look for those kind of things. I think you're constantly talent scouting for um, that person that's, just there as a cashier or cooking fish and you're like you know what they've they've asked questions, they're showing some interest, they've got some pride what else can we do with them And a lot of times it starts by hey have you ever thought about doing more and then that simple question leads to the next question and and it goes from there
0: Um, and I guess on that because we kind of veered into a sort of quasi retention sort of conversation now it's like how do you keep these kinds of like, you know, do I call them diamonds in the rough? I mean, it sounds to me like you've got plenty of diamonds here, so I probably shouldn't call it that. But tell me, like, you know, how do you think about keeping the staff that you already have? Like, are there, like, processes or, like, programs you have in place? Or is it, like, nuanced, like, how you talk about promoting them, like, you look for, like, they're kind of, it's almost like a vibe check. It's, like, hard to describe, but you know when you see it. like being friendly, for example, they've got a certain something, can they be a team player? Like, how do you think about, like, the retention side of things so you don't, like, churn over lots and lots of different employees?
1: Uh, The retention side, especially at that hourly level, is is difficult. Um, And even with that right manager, you're still going to have some of that. Um, I think now, even more so, it's making sure that you're flexible um in the past you kind of had people um that look for you to say no you're going to work this this is what i need from you and now people want someone that's going to be okay with i only want to work this so then you're building um a restaurant or a staff around people's needs when you give when you give them what they want then they stay you know about If I got somebody that wants to work four days a week and these are the four days because they're, yeah, the rest of the time they're doing whatever it is they're doing in life and you meet that need, that sometimes that ends up being worth more than an extra 50 cents or a dollar. Um, Usually that money piece is second or third down on the list if you meet their needs and you have some flexibility. Interesting. The restaurant industry wasn't known for flexibility when I was growing up in it. You didn't show up late once and expect to have a job or um, yeah. there was no you know, there was no debating like you're gonna be <laughs> running this drive through John the, every Friday. Um I'm not I'm not worried about your your dating agenda or or your skateboard <laughs> habit. You're gonna be there and and you didn't question I'm like oh that's what my manager said. I'm gonna do it. But now the, the environment's shifted people want flexibility. They also want to know that if they want something more, they're valued, even if they don't want to move up, they just want to have a piece in it. You know, they want, yeah they want people to, to ask them, what do you think? Why do you think this is, is bad? And then you've got to be willing to hear it and, and listen to what they have to say. I think that I think that's changed a lot, but um, yeah. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I hear that a lot um, from like, you know, peers of yours like that, especially as like sort of quote unquote Gen Z have kind of come into the workplace post-COVID as well, where they kind of didn't have that sort of employment, that, that there was that gap in employment because of COVID, that I hear people say like things like, you know, they see things in the way that things are done and they speak out about them because they don't really know any better. And so, like, things kind of get changed now, like modes of communication. Like, how do you think about communicating to your younger staff? You know, is it like email or like board on the wall? Do they pay attention to that kind of stuff? Versus, like, you know, back in the day, very until very recently, having your phone on the floor was like a mortal sin. And now it's like I was talking to somebody. They were saying, actually, no. Like we allow them to have their phones because it's an easier way for us to communicate with the staff. You know, so it's like interesting. You're right, right. Changing, you know, I'm curious your take on that with Gen Z.
1: Um, the uh, the great thing about Gen Z is they're is they're much more tech savvy and they're more interested in in dealing with things that are technical, but. I feel like we do them a disservice a little bit because there is so many services out there that want to sell you this great new social platform for them that trying to mimic uh, what they're used to and you sign them up for it and they realize real quick that it was made by somebody that's not from Gen Z and that they, they have no interest in using a a bad service to communicate. Yeah. But um, if you uh, I mean we've moved around to very various vendors trying to find something that'll work for the for Gen Z and then and then scale back to gen Gen X and, and in some yeah. cases further back. Um, but I, I think they've embraced they really want to be able to communicate um, in less traditional ways. They're not yeah. interested in getting an email from you. They're not as much interested in about reading uh, as much stuff on bulletin boards, but they will read a text message. Um, yeah. if, uh, I mean, I, I would say until COVID, I don't know that um, I had any people that ever interviewed people via FaceTime um, and yeah. video messaging at the hourly level, but. Uh, we do that. I mean, we do that all the time. COVID taught us too, that, um, if, uh, I want to FaceTime into a restaurant manager and, and help them celebrate somebody's birthday that Gen Z people are like, Oh, John took the time to FaceTime us, you know, so they want, they like that stuff. Uh, so we use a a communication service for that, but you, you're not trying to dress it up like being the TikTok or Instagram replacement because they don't want that. They just want something that's uh, accessible, easy for them to do and and that you're going to respond back to them. And I think that's the other pitfall of those technologies is whatever message platform you use, whether it's teams or the crew app or any of those, when that stuff uh, invites interaction and then you don't take advantage of that moment you've lost that person because then they they don't think you care because they're looking for an instant response they're used to that like they text one of their friends about something important they're responding you know so if their boss isn't getting back to them in a reasonable amount of time um, uh i think the gen z thing the misconception that that they can't be professional and have something to offer is, is just, it's not true. I, I've seen, yeah. I probably have more Gen Z restaurant managers now than I ever did. You know, these are young managers that have a lot to offer and you just got to give them that chance.